All right. We're here. That's awesome. We're here. We're showing up. I love it. Yes. Always show up. Yes. All right, guys. Well, welcome to episode one of the Figure It Out podcast with your host, myself, Ashley Markham, and my name is Brittany Holloman. And we are so excited to just kind of bring this podcast to you guys. Um, as the name implies, it is figuring it out. And that what that means to us is it was kind of a play on words because um, as of right now, Brittany and I are both figure competitors. Mm-hmm. And we're also just trying to figure out life, whether it's our coaching, our own personal lives, you know, health, fitness, bodybuilding, mental health. And we just wanted to essentially bring this podcast to you guys um, to be raw, to be real and to grow with one another. Yeah, I definitely, I haven't seen any platforms that are like figure competitors, like talking about figure. I mean, I could be wrong if I'm wrong. Oh, well, but I haven't seen it. So it's going to be, it's, it's definitely a different culture than, um, than like the bikini culture or like the, like, cause I came from bikini. So, and you came from bikini, yeah, I did right? Too, yeah. You know, and have you felt that it's been different? Like, you know, just the culture of it and who's attracted to you and your content on social media and stuff like that. Yeah. The bar has been raised everywhere because, you know, I mean, yes, there are some bikini girls like, you know, on Dominic train that train super hard, but then when you yeah. get into, when you grow into figure and you are still growing into figure, it is a whole nother beast. And yeah. I love it. I'm obsessed with it, but yeah. it means, you don't just compete just to compete it means if you want to compete you take years off and I'm in that mentality where it's like years baby (laughs) definitely like definitely the scope to me it's like you know and I'm not saying like I was in bikini and I was working hard as hell don't get me wrong like I was working hard as hell but just the programming for growth and for food is so it's like it's definitely bodybuilding it's definitely like a more bodybuilding based culture um and you do a lot of things that bodybuilder like I I would say traditional bodybuilders do as far as like like just taking years off for example like bikini girls do that too um but if they don't for example I'll give you myself as an excuse me as an example like when I first did my first show, my feedback was to not grow anymore. Just stay where you're at, like, and come in tighter next time. Um, and so I didn't really have to worry about growing. So I didn't have to take as much time off. I of course take time off for your hormones and for your health, of course, but like, um, yeah, my goal was not to grow. So I was just eating normally, like, hitting my macros, eating normally, but I wasn't like in my mind thinking like I'm eating this because I need to grow. Like I'm eating, I am taking time off because I need to grow. It was more so like for health. Um, but that's where I was. And the reason why I moved into figure was because I felt like I wasn't enjoying the training as much because I wanted to have, you know, a level of training that was very hard for me and not for some bikini girls that where their genetics aren't to grow like my genetics are to grow so it was harder for me to stay small you know and so I wasn't eating as much as I could like because I didn't want to get bigger um I was just not training the way a traditional bodybuilder would and my family is really into bodybuilding so like I wanted to train like that Like, and so when I moved with my coach, Mark and Ashley's coach, Mark, like he was like, I think you should just move to figure because you'll be happier. You'll adhere better. Um, and your body, it's clear that it wants to, it's very clear. It's, it wants to grow. And so, yeah. So 
Right. And it can be really depressing when you hit that, not genetic ceiling, but when you hit that ceiling, that cap of growth, where it's like, if you put on any more tissue, you'll mm-hmm. be docked points. Like that can be really depressing for someone who is super competitive yeah. that really enjoys training and bodybuilding is kind of like a catalyst to that. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if I never competed again, but I still got to train and I got to train hard and I got to eat, I'd be fine. You know, like competing yeah. is fun, mm-hmm. but like training is where I thrive. And I think the same yeah. goes yeah, like if I were to take away competing forever, I would still do this probably mm-hmm. daily. Like I would probably, I would just honestly have, yeah, I would do this the same thing. I would do the same thing I'm doing um, because that's just what I like to do. And so I think that that, I think it makes a good duo as far as this podcast goes, because we have similar mindsets um, in that realm of just like, yeah, this is just what we do. Like this right. is, just, you know, this is just norm. You know, exactly. Exactly. And speaking of the podcast, what are you hoping to get out of it? Like, what are you hoping for yourself and also for our um, potential listeners and future listeners? Uh, myself, I want to get more comfortable with my voice. Like I want to get more comfortable talking and yes. like, because like I have a lot to say and I think I have like a decent personality to be able to relay information. So I want to get more comfortable with me, I guess. Mm. Um, and then as far as like others, like I want to just bring good info and just relatable info to others while they're listening, whether it be like with life or with competing. Um, I hope to talk a little bit about coaching. Um, and then also like, you know, if you've never competed before, like if you listen to this podcast and you'll know, like, mm-hmm. or you'll, you'll at least hear some of the things that happen. Like, and, you know, you be, might be able to decide whether or not it's right for you. Um, and so I, I just hope to bring that. And then also just to bring like relevant, accurate info and kind of denote myths about fitness. Like yes. I think that there's so much on the internet that is not right. Like, So I love to talk about like some of those things and like just bring some clarity to people so that like you can come to this podcast and know exactly like you can hear info and know that we're looking at research-based stuff. So absolutely, you know, and we're applying it to clients. So absolutely. What about you? And honestly, kind of the same vein, like you're never going to like your voice. (laughs) You're never, it's never going to sound as good as it does just based off your general hearing. But for me, I have been wanting to do a podcast for a long time now. And my husband, Eric is like, you need to do a podcast. You need to do a podcast. But for me, I thrive in a environment surrounded by people of my culture. And I was like, I don't want to just have a solo podcast because I can speak and, you know, I can go off on tangents. I can educate. I have no problem with that, but I thrive in people of my culture. So for me, it was actually challenging myself to reach out to someone I highly respected, highly admired and wanted them to do a podcast. It it is you. Like, yes, like I wanted someone who (laughs) aligned with me and to push myself out of my comfort zone because I am like a, you know, I'm like a one woman wolf and I'm like, I need a pack. And it's like, Dominic train was my pet girl. You were bringing out the waterworks. I'm going to get emotional Like that makes me so like my heart, like my heart just like, oh, you, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. We're even, um, we graduated, um, from Ohio university together. So shout out to Athens, Ohio. Um, But yeah, it was just getting out of my comfort zone and trying to push myself into something that was very foreign to me, this being a podcast. Um, And then for the audience, I just want people to know that there are still real people out in this world. 
that genuinely are good people that want to help, that want to educate, that want to inspire. Because, you know, Brittany and I educate all the time on Instagram and we are competing against these people where it's the, still the swipe muscle confusion workouts, or mm-hmm. it's just misinformation left and right. And because they have hundreds of thousands to millions of granted, probably fake followers, but still like the algorithm is the algorithm. And they're going to be highlighted more than someone like me who has barely over 2000 followers. But anyway, it's not about the follower count. It's like the, the information. So for me, it's aligning myself with someone that I know is going to provide good education to people that, you know, I care about for the sake of, you know, their longevity and just living the best and fullest life that they can have. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Like that, that like warms my heart. You know, I'm going to be real. Like, since we're being real on here, sometimes I feel like I don't know that much, you know, like, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you're just like, dang, I don't, I just, I got to know more. I got to like continue to know more. And that's why like, that's really what drives the whole, like putting info out there and researching. Cause it's always Mm -hmm. like, I don't know enough. Like there's no way that I know enough. There's so much more out there. Um, And yeah, like, I think like just being asked to be on here is like super dope. You know, the fact that you feel that way um, because I need to feel that way about myself. Right. So hopefully this podcast gives me like, you know, some more clarity on like you, the shit, like type of thing, you know, exactly. And so are you, but I definitely like sometimes will, I feel as though I don't like I have like we can even talk about imposter syndrome, you know, later Mm -hmm. on in uh, episodes, because that's a big thing, especially, you know, for coaches that have like really good coaches like we do, like Mark. Oh, man, like that man is like (laughs) he's a really good coach. So, you know, sometimes like I'll compare myself to that. And so we have to recognize that we have our own follower base and we have our own like way of moving. Right. And so just to be confident in that way of moving is really important. So. Exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, why don't we kind of dive into maybe how did you get started with fitness or coaching or really just let the listeners, let the people kind of get to know you on a level. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did I get into fitness? Um, well, I was going to school and I got into fitness like when I started working out and lifting like that, it was at my student recreation center. So I'm a campus recreation professional as well. So I work a nine to five um, overseeing fitness and wellness. Well, I actually just accepted a new job at Cal State Fullerton. Um, And so for those of you that don't know what a student recreation center is, it's basically a fitness center for students. It's basically a place where they can have fun, do their recreation. Recreation means like what you do. Um, and so my form of recreation was weightlifting. Um, and so when I got into it, I was a bio major and I started skipping class. Like you, you can't skip class in, in your bio Mm -hmm. major, like Uh -uh. I started skipping class so that I could go lift. And I, because I was tired of looking at like bacteria grow and I was just over biochem and it's not that I couldn't have been successful in it. It's just, I didn't like it. Um, and so I was always at the student recreation center. I got a job there and then I became a personal trainer. And that was, I think I was like 19, 20 at the time. I was really young. Um, And then from there, that's when like my knowledge about the physical, like just kinesiology and movement started happening. Um, And then it just grew from there. 
And then as far as competing, like I got into competing at OU. So that's how myself and Ashley met. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was an instructor there. And I was also overseeing fitness there um, for, and I was doing, what was I doing? Cycling. Yeah. Cycling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's how me and Ashley met. And I got my master's over there in sport and rec pedagogy, but I also started competing. So that's where I started finding my community, like my bodybuilding community. Um, A lot of my friends that I still speak to often are in Ohio Mm. or they were from there and branched off or whatever. Um, And they're still, I'm still very connected to them, like bodybuilding wise. And you'll find like in bodybuilding, it's so like the community is relatively close. So like, you'll know people in Ohio that know others in California that are in Texas that are like, and everyone kind of like knows each other. Right. Um, And so, yeah, that's how I got into bodybuilding. And I just never really stopped. I just, it just became part of my life. It just, it's something I don't really think about anymore. Um, I remember back then when I was getting into it, I had to think about it a lot. Like I, it's harder when you're first starting because you're learning new habits and you're learning habits Mm -hmm. of a competitor. And then when you're, when you're deeper into it, like, and it's just, it's just like memory, like every morning you get up and you take a walk or every morning you get up and you take your blood glucose. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's normal. Like you weigh yourself normal, like, and you, and you keep it in your head, like, um, but yeah, and that's, that's how that really started. I, I tailored my education towards fitness. I tailored my uh, leisure activities towards fitness and then my community. So it eventually became something that was just me, like right. <laughs> in a way. What about you? Yeah, so mine's actually, I would, don't want to say the opposite spectrum, but completely different. So I actually grew up in a relatively you know poor, uneducated family. Um, and I was at the height of my weight when I was 16, I was 250 pounds. So mind you, like Mark is what, 250? And Mark oh. and I, I think I'm like one inch taller than Mark. So wow. like, look at Mark's physique and then think of like just 250 pounds of just like mostly fat for the most part. And I had always been an athletic kid. Like I loved volleyball. I loved softball and uh, shortly basketball, but that was a very, 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 very short season for me. Um, but I always loved being active as a kid. I just didn't have the nutrition aspect and neither did my family. You know, it was a bunch of like mostly canned goods, like pre-frozen dinners. And, you know, since my mom was super sick and I was kind of left to, you know, feed part of the family and cook for myself, you know, a kid isn't going to know how to like cook healthy meals if they don't have the right influence or, you know, have the money. So for me, it was just easy foods that I could make for myself and the family. So, you know, growing up kind of in that realm, I got out of a pretty bad relationship when I was 16. And, you know, when you're 16 and your soul is just crushed, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. Yeah. Like your whole life feels like it's over. Mm-hmm. It does. Especially when you get up kind of like an abusive one that I was unfortunately um, a part of, you really have to like, take a step back and be like, what the hell? Like, what am I doing now? Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was obese, because I was just kind of shattered as a human being, I was I was young. I was impressionable. And I was like, well, skinny people look like they're happy. At least like, you know, you see all like the magazines or whatever. The women are always smiling with salad. So I was like, maybe losing weight will make me smiling happy. with salad. Yeah, that is a yeah. hashtag. <laughs> Literally though. I was like, okay, well, maybe, oh. maybe if I'm skinny, I'll be happy. And, you know, again, I'm you know, a, a child. Like I had no idea what to do. I just knew that women ate less and moved more. And I loved the movement. Like I 
got a planet fitness membership. I hired a personal trainer and I loved training. It was so much fun. Um, but the diet part was where I struggled. Um, I did a lot of like the yo-yo dieting, uh, what was the one Beyonce diet where it was like maple syrup and cayenne pepper. I did that. Oh my God. I, I've heard things like just wa- lemon water and just like, yeah. like no carbs. And it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it is just so crazy what people yeah. will listen to. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So that was me. I, I had that. I had the cabbage soup. Um, it wasn't until I kind of did my own research where I learned a little bit about macros, but it was mostly like calories. And I was like, well, it makes sense to eat less. And so that's what I did. I started like portioning out my food, um, kind of using a food scale, kind of using measuring cups, using my fitness pal. Um, and that worked, you know, I, within like six months, I was down 50 pounds. Now that's extreme. Definitely would not recommend it. Um, but then, you know, a little voice inside your head is like, well, you can just go a little bit more. You're getting compliments. You're looking good, but clothes are fitting, um, a lot better. Keep going. And that's kind of like when you start to develop these, you know, eating disorder tendencies where you restrict, restrict, restrict when you're eating less than 500 calories a day, you know, you can see your bones protruding, your hair's falling out, you're cold Mm. and, you know, you kind of don't know what to do from there. And it, unfortunately for me, you know, when I was like about 18, by the time I had lost, you know, a total of about 125 pounds. Mm. And again, like I'm five, seven and my lowest weight was like, 125. And like, I didn't have any muscle to save my life. Um, any muscle I did have from training was like eaten away because I was eating so little and I was just, were you weight training at all? Like you were, Oh yeah. I was weight training, but I was weight training way too much. I would like, it was this horrible tendency where I would like overtrain and under eat to where like, I might be in the gym twice a week or twice a day for like, six days, sometimes resistance training twice. Yeah. It was, it was very, very obsessive. Um, and then eventually there was that point where you kind of snap and then the binge tendencies start to where you're like eating 10,000 calories at one go, like a worse experience, like, sh- like a failed reverse where you're just binging uncontrollably. Oh man. That's- we got to talk about that one day. Cause I had, oh. I had a failed reverse. Like I had a failed reverse, but anyway, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what it was. I mean, to the point where like your stomach was engorged, I had heart palpitations. I mean, I remember one night and this was kind of like the turning point where I was like, I think I'm going to die tonight. Like it was so bad. I felt like I was having a heart attack. Like it was oh incredibly painful. I was like 18 at the time. Um, I was just lying in bed and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this night. And so I was like, if I do, that's enough. Like, I'm going to go, um, get a therapist. I'm going to tell my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily everything worked out to where, like, you know, I worked on it and, you know, recovered, but I was like, how can I prevent other people to go through what I went through from the extreme weight loss to the eating disorder tendencies? Like, mm-hmm. is there a degree? Like, I don't want an eating disorder degree, but like, like, is there a fitness degree, something degree? And luckily there was X fizz. And I was like, let's do that. Let's learn. Let's educate. And ever since then, it's always been about educating because Mm -hmm. that to me is like the most empowering thing. Yeah, for sure. Especially when people gain so much from you, right? Like, Mm. um, that's part of like believing in like your quality of work and being able to like have, you know, just the confidence to post about what, you know, like, but you see like how many people it helps. Um, and just, 
by even doing these things, right? Like by getting on a podcast and talking about stuff like that, like it helps people. And so it it's kind of like my, one of my motivations right now is like, I don't really know if I'm really motivated on my own anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm pretty much like, I don't do things because I'm like, I can't wait to have a six pack or I can't wait right. to like, I don't do like, I would do that when I was younger, for sure. Like I was for sure, very motivated by my own progress. But I think now I'm more motivated by just learning. I'm more, right. I'm more motivated by the fact that if I get into a cut, for example, if I decide to, if I decide to shred, well, I guess I'm going to learn so much like, right. And each shred is different. Or if I, if I go into an off season, I'm going to learn so much about my body in that off season. Right. Um, and I can help others in a, in to be able to embrace their off season, for example, that was a big thing for me in my off season. So like, it, I think that I, I think I, at some point it became more about learning and helping others than it did about my being my, like myself anymore. Like, well, not being myself. I said that wrong, but like about me, it's not about me anymore. Right. It's like about helping other people. So no, I can totally relate to that. Like for me, it's like, what more can I offer people? Like for me, it's just n- I know how awful I felt going through what I had to go through alone. I was like, if I can be someone's coach where I just educate and help them to like, not have to go through like extremes of both ends, Mm -hmm. I will. And I I definitely can um, relate with you with just wanting to level up my knowledge, not for necessarily the sake of me. Like, yes, I want to, you know, challenge myself mentally and have that empowerment. But for me, it's always about what can I give back? Like, how can you change like your world? Because just that little ripple effect ends up changing so many lives that maybe you don't even get to see. Exactly. And that's so like, that is my, I guess, motivation now, you know, it's your why. Yeah, that's my why, you know, because I think that sometimes I feel like I don't even have one as far as like my own progress, but I'm just so it's, it's day to day, like type of thing. It's just what we do. Like that it becomes, it's just more motivating for other people to, to do it, knowing that I'm helping other people. Um, another thing I forgot to say, uh, my mom is a figure competitor. I was going to ask, I was like, your mom competed. So <laughs> I like, forgot, I had to like, like play a little bit. <laughs> see, like, that's where it's just so normal for me. Right. Like, it's so normal that I forget about that type of stuff. <laughs> like, um, yeah, my mom was a figure competitor when I was little. Um, and so, well, not when I was little, she started, I think I was like 10 when she started. So she started later than me. Um, but she was good. Like she was really good. And I, I remember like her preps. I remember like uh, one of the reasons why I got into competing, I think was because I just wanted to, I just wanted to see how it felt. Like I was like, I just want to see how, again, like, I just want to learn like, and so, um, I would see her prep and, you know, there would be times when we were on summer break and she would go to work and she would be like, Hey, can you defrost that chicken and put it in the, and put it in the (laughs) oven? Like, and if we didn't do it, Oh my God. (laughs) Like she would, she would get so mad. Like she would be like, she would come home and be like, my chicken's not ready. Like not. And in a, like a, an abusive way, but she's in prep. Like imagine being in prep and your chicken is not ready. Like, and it's not even (laughs) not even defrosted like, <laughs> like I asked you to do one thing like, one thing like or if there wasn't like rice in the house for example or if we ate all the rice we always had rice we always had to have some type of carb and it was usually rice right um so if we ran out of rice we needed to make rice like if you right. ate the last of the rice you need to put 
you know, your two to one ratio in the instant pot or rice cooker or whatever, and make, yep. that, make that shit. Because if it's not ready, like you'll hear about it. So it Absolutely. was so normal. Like it was just so normal to me um, because she was doing that for a while. I think that maybe she stopped, like maybe her last show was, I would say I was like 16. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like 16. Um, but she was still into, into the, the lifestyle for sure. She was into the lifestyle, um, up until like my twenties, like my, my like early twenties, I would say. Yeah. And she kind of like started just doing her own thing. Um, and just kind of did it for health and not necessarily for like body composition, body image type of stuff. Um, but it doesn't really go away. So like, even if I think that even if we were to stop like you and I, like it just wouldn't really go, it, it doesn't go away that quickly. Like you have to like, kind of, my mom told me she had to train herself to like, stop um, thinking like a competitor when she was like, I don't really need to do this anymore, you know? Right. And so, and now she's completely happy, but she was like, it took a lot of time. It took years for like me to stop weighing my food and for me to stop thinking like that when I would go out or, you know, overthinking like my calories and stuff like that or my training and it took a long time for her to like get out of it um but she's cool now but now I'm in it now I'm like the one in the house that's like doing it all the time and so like I remember once like I was weighing my food um and she was she was just staring at me (laughs) she was like what have I done like what have I done to you Yeah, that actually brings me to a question. And I'm sure people listening, especially like moms in this sport want to know, like, from your standpoint, as a child, like, how did it affect you? Like, I think a a lot of moms come to me being like, well, I'm worried, especially like, you know, lifestyle clients. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, I'm worried that my kid is going to get the wrong impression of me weighing out my food, that it's obsessive, or that it might cause eating disorder. So from your experience, even though you were 10 years old, that's still a very impressionable young age, like, Mm -hmm. Do you think it helped, hindered, or like, what was your outlook on it? I didn't really think much of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I knew my mom liked to be healthy. That was, that was the thing. I'd seen my mom be pregnant in big, and I had see like gain weight from all of the life stressors and things like that. And then I'd seen her really tiny and, you know, into competing, I, but I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, oh, that's just what she does. Like, that's just how she is. Um, I was never like, oh, my mom doesn't like, especially when she was in prep, like if we got pizza or something and she didn't want to eat it or something, I never was like, oh my gosh, my mom is not, does not love me. Or like, she does not want to, but she did a good job of being present. That's the thing is that for moms, like you have to be, you have to do a good job being present with your kids. As long as you're present, if your kids know what you value, they're going to be like, okay, like that's what mom values. Like I remember one time she wasn't, my mom wasn't no longer in a contest prep. And I swear, I thought she was in a contest prep and she got the salad, but she got everything on it. And I was like, you're going to get, you got that on the salad. Like <laughs> you got bacon bits. <laughs> she, was, she was like, yeah. And I was like, are you sure? Like, she was like, yeah. But I said, I was just like, I, I know that I, I know that she, I thought she was in a prep because normally she wouldn't do that. Right. Um, but I didn't think of her as like a bad mom for it um, at all. I just thought she was very busy. Um, and there was for some time, my mom actually worked from home. Um, but she was, I think she was working for some insurance company. Um, so she was working from home prepping. 
and I think she was, yeah, she was working from home prepping one time. So she was always present. Like she was always there, even when she would be really tired, like she would come home from her cardio and we would have to get in the bath. She would be tired. I remember how tired she, she would just, she would look like she didn't want to deal with this. Like, but she would still bathe us. Right. So, but you could tell that she was just like, not there. Um, but she was still there like physically. So as long as you're present, like with your kids, I don't, I personally don't think that your kids are looking at you like what's wrong with you, especially if you frame it, that this is something that you like to do and something that makes you happy. Absolutely. No, I think that's a good point, especially because you can even again, take this as a teaching moment being like, well, maybe instead of being like, Oh, mommy's on a diet, mommy's educating herself as to what she's putting into her body. Like just how you frame things can be so different. Like your mindset is what makes or breaks, I think literally everything in life. So like just frame it to be like, Hey, I just want to know what I'm putting into my body. Not because I'm going to weigh my food the rest of my life, but just so I can get a general idea of portion sizes. Like what do I need to be healthy to thrive? Exactly. And like, there was times where I wanted to eat the food she was eating. Like I was like, mom, can I have some of that food? And sometimes she would say yes. Sometimes she wouldn't depending on if she needed it. Right. Um, but <clears throat> it was like, because she was doing it, I kind of wanted to do it as well. Like I kind of, I was, I looked at it as something that was cool because yeah. my mom did it. Um, I didn't think that she was, I didn't, I, if there was pizza and my mom wanted to have her meal, sometimes I would be like, I kind of want what my mom is eating. Like, because that's what was cool to me because my mom is doing it. So right. I think that that bled into my life later though. Like, I think um, just that, just learning that, not really knowing that I'm learning it really bled into my life later because I can't really tell you a time where I had a healthier option. I mean, even before I knew anything about macros or counting calories or anything like that, where I had a healthier option and I didn't pick it. Mm -hmm. Like I always did like, not because I didn't want the pizza, but because I was just, I think that that's something I learned as a child and it became automatic. So, yeah. Absolutely. You no, know, I think that was a really good answer. And I know I'm sure a lot of people are just always have that worry in the back of their mind that they're thinking they're going to cause their kid to have an eating disorder. And it's like, not if you do it correctly, not if you're present yeah. with them growing up, not if you're educating them as to why you're doing it, because hopefully you understand. And hopefully your coach explains to you that like, you're not weighing out your food to be restrictive to the point where it's obsessive. Like if you have a physique goal and you literally had a, an awesome Instagram, like not rant, but like you were like, if you have a physique goal, like you need to weigh out your food. Like mm -hmm. it just, it is, you need to know what's going into your body. It's important. Yeah. Um, you know, and my mom also has like, she teaches me balance sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes I'll, I'll overthink something. She'd be like, Brittany, it's really not that big of a deal. Like it's your, your go out to eat, get a thing of veggies and some protein. And that's it. Like this, right. you know, she's, or she'll, She'll be like, eh, it's like if it's the holidays or something and I'm like overthinking something. She's like, right. hey, just it's OK. Like, it's OK, you know, it's so um, but that's because she's gone through a phase in her life where she's conditioned herself out of it and realized right. that things really aren't as big of a deal as a lot of times in the competition world. We kind of make them seem. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I always remember that, especially like if I happen to be out, like I went to universal like a couple weeks ago and it was fun. I've never been to universal, but, um, I, I stayed on relatively on track because I wanted to one, 
but normally, I, I don't want to say normally, but if you would have asked me to do that a year ago and I didn't have all my food, I would have been like, no, right. I can't do that. Like, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm starting to learn a lot from her currently. Um, so that's really cool to see her teaching me things like when she was also teaching me things when I had first got into competing too. So it's like, we're in different phases of our lives and each time she teaches me something different based right. on the fact that she's already been through it. So that's really nice. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun time in our lives to just host this podcast. We're going to have awesome topics for you guys dealing with a whole spectrum of things. Like I think we really want to hone in on mental health as well, because I don't think that's very well talked about, unfortunately, even though it's becoming more popular, which is an amazing thing. Yeah. I think it's also going to be nice to talk about our own experiences. Like, you know, I know I just went through my insomnia and depression. Like mm -hmm. I want to be open with that because it is so very common, mm -hmm. but no one really likes to talk about it. And so when people don't talk about it, people are like, Oh, if you do go through it and you do experience it, I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the worst feelings that you can have is going through that alone. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for you know, this, this weekly adventure with you, Brittany, I know I'm going to learn a lot from you and hopefully the, the listeners learn a lot as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's a whole new world for me as far as like, I've never done a podcast. I've been on podcasts, but I've right. never, like, you know, been in line with someone with this. So this is really cool, especially since this is something you've wanted for a long time. And right. I was dabbling in it, like in my thoughts, I was like, maybe I should start a podcast. But honestly, I was like, I'm not going to start a podcast unless I have someone with me. Right. Unless right? you have like, that co-host. I was just like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> like I was just, well, I'm not that type of person to just start one by myself. Right. So yeah, definitely. I think that this is going to be really fun and we'll be able to talk. I mean, even the fact that you touched on mental health, like, yes, like, mental health is especially in the bodybuilding community it's like there but people don't like talk. I feel like it's getting better but people don't really talk about it the way you need to especially in bodybuilding right. because look like the sport is so taxing oh, yeah. like you have to have some type of balance in your mental health to be able to do it you have to be really good at it to be able right. You do. And I think that you don't realize you have to be good at it to be able to be successful and to have like wellness attached to you um, while you're in the sport. You, it has to be in whether or not you know it, it may or may not be intentional, but you have to be good at it. Right. Um, otherwise, you'll crash and burn. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of my favorite sayings is self hatred does not, is not a clean fuel. And that's like, unfortunately, something that kind of tends to thrive in this community because it's so easy to like pick your flaws. Like you're literally being judged on your physique. So it's so easy yeah. to be like, Oh, like my hamstrings suck. My glutes suck. Yeah. yeah. My delts are okay. But like, look at all these problem areas, because if you continually to nitpick yourself apart, you will not last long. You just Absolutely. will not. Absolutely. Like in a sport that is so like, it's so subjective based on mm -hmm. like what other people are looking at and what you're looking at. And then it's always this like constant comparison to like, right. you're never really looking at yourself like as is you always look at it, what it was or, ver or like what it will be. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit difficult to wrap your mind around. And it's also hard because of that, because you place so much importance on it day to day, it's hard to live in the present on your own without bodybuilding. So like, just, I mean, e 
even your life goals, right? Like I'm a, I'm a person that constantly is looking at the next thing constantly. It's the same thing with bodybuilding. Aren't you constantly look, thinking about the next show constantly? Like it's, or your training is, is so that you can win first, like next time or whatever, so that you can create a better physique so that you can see what's underneath or whatever. It's, it bleeds into the rest of your life too. And so you have to really know how to have mindful practices that help you with that. Um, like I've been being really mindful and, and appreciative of where I'm at right now, because I noticed I was constantly thinking about the future in not even just in bodybuilding, but in life. Like I was just like, what's next? What am I going to do next? Not even like, not even reaching the current goal. Like you have to really be patient. And so, and bodybuilding will teach you that, but you, you do have to be very cognizant or else it'll, it'll hurt you. It will. It will as bodybuilders, I think it's easy to say that we're very red characters when it comes to being result focused versus we need to be more of that green personhood that is process focused. Like, Mm -hmm. are you hitting your meals, hitting your steps, hitting your water? Are you ticking all the boxes? Mm -hmm. Good. Then you're doing what you need to be doing. Stop thinking that you're doing something wrong when you're just not being patient. And that's my biggest struggle. And I'm actually reading a book about, um, kind of curing perfectionism because although it sounds really nice to have this like idealistic version of like what things should be that actually ends up kind of shooting you in the foot because that ends up being your downfall because you're like well I'm doing all these things but my blood glucose is high yeah well maybe it's just high like maybe you're stressing yourself out and that's what's causing it to be high and you know it's just it's learning to be in the process and knowing that because you're in the process, you're doing the things that need to be doing, then you get the results. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like last week, I, I called you last week because I was having anxiety and, um, my, I had, I had a short burst of insomnia. Um, and we could talk about that in a different episode, like expand on it and what it feels like and how, how you can help yourself during that time. Right. But I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I can't sleep. Oh my gosh. Like now everything's going to be messed up. I can't sleep. And even though I'm doing X, Y, and Z, like I'm going to suck this week. I right. suck. Like, you Training's know, training's going to suck. Training like, yeah. sucks. Uh, my check-in's going to suck. I remember mm-hmm. like everything was just suckish. Right. And um, I had to sit back and think like, is everything in your life always going to be perfect in anything? No. Um, we can try to make it as perfect as we can, I guess, but you have to realize like you have to let go of some sense of control sometimes, um, because life is going to go on whether or not you have physique goals. Right. Um, and you have to remember that. So it's like, you have to be, I, I had to just be okay with the fact that things weren't perfect and just let things pan out the way that they were and not look back at that week and say, I couldn't sleep for more than two hours a day that week. I could have been so much farther in my progress because of that week. I can't look back and think that because that's not what happened. You know, I'm fine now. I'm feeling better. I, I did what I needed to do to mend myself. Like, is it still a struggle now? Yes. But, you know, I think we get really caught up in perfection uh, as far as like progress and what else could, could we have done? like in control, you know, and I think a bodybuilding can be a little bit of a controlling thing as well. 
Yeah. Um, but it is at the same time, you know, something that I find peace of mind with inconsistency in progress. Um, and just having like, especially having like amazing friends like you and like others that I've met through the sport. Like I've never, I haven't met more amazing people than through like fitness and bodybuilding. Cause it, it always ends up being like these types of people, the good people that you meet are always like how we were talking about earlier, how we want to help people. That's generally how it is. Right. Want to help people. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you can always tell like the people that are coaches because they want to be coaches and like coaching influencers. Cause it's like, what are they posting? Are they genuinely trying to educate you for free? Like giving you free value because they care. Or is it like a picture of you next to like a yacht, a yeah. fake plane, a Maserati? Like what are your coaches spending their money on? Which I think is another good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for there, we'll leave it We'll leave it there for you guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning into our first episode. We really appreciate you guys and the fact that you're willing to listen to us. Um, I hope you gain a lot of value um, from it, not only from this episode, but episodes to come. But Brittany, thank you so much for being an awesome co-host. Yeah, no problem. I am here for you and us. All right. I love it. Well, next time, guys, we'll talk about probably anxiety and mental health. I think that would be a really good thing to kind of kick off um, the second episode dealing with, you know, anxiety, depression, insomnia, because it's so recent to both of us that I think we both can just kind of talk about it for a longer in-depth time. But in the meantime, you guys take it easy and thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.